0: Welcome to episode 3 of Hangar Unplugged. On this episode, our host Lee Brewster is joined by Ken McTiernan of American Airlines where they talk about everything from Ken's career journey as a line mechanic to the prestigious Charles Taylor Master Mechanic Award. So sit back, relax and get ready to unplug with us.
1: Hey everyone, it's Lee Brewster here today with our third episode of Hangar Unplugged and You know, this is a, this is a fun episode for me. Well, they're all fun because I like talking and I like people, but they're all fun. But today's a fun one because I've been given the chance to catch up with somebody honestly, haven't talked to in a while, but, um, you know, our paths crossed again and what better way to catch up than with the podcast episode. And that is, um, Ken, I can't even remember how long I've known you, but I've got Ken McTiernan and Ken is with American airlines down in San Diego. He's a line mechanic. Um, You know, he's just a line mechanic, you know, whatever. But anyway, he's a line mechanic down in San Diego, but he's also with AMTA. And Ken, just curious, when do we when was it that we met? Because I'm trying to remember when was it because, I, you know, we go back in the years and it's like, I can't even remember. It was AMT Society, AMTA, Charles Taylor.
0: It was with the AMT Society and it was in Las Vegas during the Cygnus Expo. Oh, gosh, and yeah. I' trying to think of the year that we met. It was um, probably 2006, maybe. I think I was about was, 10
1: years old then, right? Something like yeah. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> and uh, we met, and I had my uh, my two kids with oh, me. Oh, that's
1: right. That's right.
0: And I was told that I could bring them into the convention floor so they can see Dad from behind the scenes and all. And then when we got, my wife got to the convention doorway, they said, "Oh, you can't let children in." And they were uh, probably five and four, and, babies. Yeah, and you offered to uh, to sit with them, and so.
1: Gosh, that's been a little, oh my gosh! If that was 2006, that's been what 15 years. Oh my gosh, they're grown. Yeah,
0: Lord, they are. They are
1: yeah. They're grown now. Well, Kim, just a little bit. Just um, let's just kind of start on the like your day job, the real stuff. Just a little bit about your background in aviation, and you know, not just you know, you've had two day jobs, I think we could say pretty much. And how what were those two, and kind of where did your passion for aviation begin?
0: Well, passion for aviation started when I was in high school sitting on my friend's house roof. He had an AM radio and we were able to kind of get in on the uh, approaching aircraft in the Kennedy airport and he yeah. had binoculars and we would just watch airplanes fly in. And I thought it was cool. So on my senior year, I wanted to fly, but I had glasses and, you know, it was, you know, young and innocent and went to the military and said, Hey, I want to fly in <laughs> kind of like, uh, you want to, you want a BB gun? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. They want, you got, <laughs> you got glasses, kid. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, so uh, made the rounds, and then I went back to the Air Force, and I said, well, can I fix them? And they said, sure. So hence the door started to creak open for me. Uh, right out of high school, as a B-52 mechanic. Nice. Did four years, honorably discharged. While I was in, I uh, went to night school to get my airframe and power plant certificate got out went back to long island and went to kennedy airport and went to every ticket counter there and asked for an application and american airlines was the first one to call me so yeah. and i was a little disappointed to be honest because back then uh 2000 uh 1986 uh, t-way was still flying right. eastern I was just kind of starting to go into their you know spiral But i really wanted to work for those airlines because they were the big boys on the block yep but american called and i'm like okay so the rest as they say is history fast forward 35 years uh a lot of hair loss and uh, (laughs) a couple pounds gained and uh i'm a line mechanic compared to where american we have overhaul bases Mm -hmm. where they rip the airplanes apart i'm the person you see when lee and their family are trying to leave san diego and there's a gate call, and I'm the one that comes up and uh, tries to fix the airplane, and I really enjoy it.
1: That's good. Well, I mean, you've been doing it a while, and so you went from Long Island to San Diego. And so how long have you been in San Diego now?
0: Um, I got out to San Diego in June 22nd of 87.
1: June, oh, okay, so you kind of almost instantly went, went to San Diego. Well, actually,
0: I'm sorry. No, I got hired in June 9th, 86, and then I think it was May – it was 11 months, so uh, around May of 87 is when I got out here. And I've pretty much been out here the whole time. I tried uh, I, about a year and a half in Dallas, uh, but it was it gets a little hot in Dallas. I don't know if <laughs> you've been just, told that. It's it a little a warm. Smidgen. Just a smidgen. It gets a little cold, too, just a smidgen. Just a smidgen.
1: Uh, and all so, in the same, both in the same day.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, you know? just, yeah. Don't like the weather, wait five minutes.
1: Exactly. You, you can get how you get a hailstorm and ice storm and be up in the 80s and 90s all in the same day. You exactly.
0: know, we, we I, had keep... friend, I had a friend that lives in Dallas and he said there was too hot to go in his pool. And I was living in San Diego. I go, what? He goes, yeah, it's too hot. Then I moved to Dallas and I know exactly what he means when I it say oh. it's too
1: the water can get pretty it's it's a very interesting very interesting situation but san diego is not a bad place not a bad place to be not yeah place, you, know, you know we
0: suffer through it uh exactly people have to live somewhere and i'm stuck here
1: oh well that's good so third so you know you've been there roughly 35 years i don't remember dates like you do ken i was actually pretty impressed that you're uh, not just months but spouting out dates and years i mean i'm I barely remember what happened yesterday, but, um, but so about 35 years and, you know, um, the line it's kind of in your blood now. I mean, that's what you do. You started young with a fascination with aviation. you got into the industry. Kudos to you for getting your A and P before you got out. Um, you know, that's very forward thinking of you. And so, you know, you've got out and then you started getting involved in the industry and doing different things. And, you know, you've started, um, for recognition. I mean, so like, so Kent, so just so you know, Ken has this whole other like alter ego, that's been very involved in aviation maintenance and really trying um, to promote the craft. Cause I think, you know, it's a, to promote the craft and to promote aviation maintenance technicians, as well as to promote Charles Taylor and the history, the rich history of where it's come from. And so how, how did you get started with that, Ken?
0: Uh, Back in 2002, there was a website called TheMechanic.com, which just as desktops were getting within the price range of the um, the majority of the public, um, this website popped up. And it was just a place for aircraft mechanics to go and and talk. And somebody had posted a link that said, we finally have our day. I'm like, okay. Well, there was no link. There was nothing there. (laughs) I don't know if the guy's uh, three bottles into a six pack or, you know, <laughs> what, what's he talking about? And so uh, he goes, oops. Oh, here's, forgot the link. So I clicked the link and the link was to AMT Day. And California passed the first state resolution that recognized May 24th of every year as Aviation Maintenance Technician Day. So that got me intrigued because it talked about Charles Taylor, mm-hmm. who was the Wright Brothers mechanic, who was the first mechanic, basically start, started my profession. And I felt a little embarrassed because I never really knew about Charlie, knew the Wright Brothers. I'm like, well, let me research this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So as I researched then I said, you know, that'd be pretty cool if there was an organization out there that promoted our craft. Not a union. They're for they promote, but they're paying benefits. And if you get in trouble, I mean yeah. a straight up organization that promoted Charles Taylor. Mm-hmm. And everybody that men, women that followed in his footsteps. So I was driving to work one night and a voice in the back of my head. There's actually a couple, and they they're duke. <laughs> they duke it out over time and time when they get a little too noisy. And it, the voice went, Well, why don't you do it? Why wait for somebody else? And I went, okay. So The long story short is I got a book for dummies on how to create a nonprofit. So I created a nonprofit called the Aircraft Maintenance Technicians Association, or the AMTA for short. Mm -hmm. So now I was, I guess you could say, quote, unquote, official. And I got a buddy at work. He created a website for me because I couldn't find a book that was dumb enough for me to start. I got a book, a dummy, how to create a nonprofit. So my buddy Larry Costanza created the website for it. I became incorporated. I got another buddy of mine, Aaron Klippel, who I work with uh, to this day, and they both became the secretary and the recording secretary. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, secretary and the financial guru. I needed God. three people to be for the state. So I went yeah. to work and I basically went, "Hey, Lee." You want to be part of the AMTA? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, what do I need to do? I need your address.
1: <laughs> I need your address. You need to be the
0: secretary. And so I started the AMTA with Richard Dilbeck, a.k.a. Dilly, who started the first state resolution. So now the AMTA took the ball and we ran with that and we started getting the remaining states to pass their state resolutions. Then the AMTA, we went to uh, the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate and we have a congressional and a Senate resolution that recognizes May twenty-fourth as A.M.T. Day. People might say, "Well, you know, that what does that do for me? Does it put an extra dollar in my wallet as a mechanic?" No, it doesn't. But it should give you a moment to stand still and stand up straight and remember why we do what we do. Because if we don't remember the past, it's difficult to look towards our future. And knowing how our profession started with wood and cloth and propellers mm-hmm. to where we are now. And I'm not talking just seven eighty seven Dreamliner. I'm talking about SpaceX. Yeah. And because that's who's gonna maintain the spaceships and the rockets, it'll be today's and tomorrow's A and Ps. So the AMTA basically is kind of a voice for our craft just to let the public know who we are and where we came from and that started back in 2002
1: that's you know and i think one of the um you know united as we talked and kind of caught up as we were talking about doing the podcast and stuff is you there's a uh like you said what's in it for me and there's not, like you said, there's not like a, there's not a monetary anything in it for you. But when you start looking at the Charles Taylor award and you start looking at the recipients and you start looking at kind of that dedication to, um, aviation maintenance, dedication to safety, to, um, safe aircraft operations and, you know, overall to being just a good teammate, because, you know, there's no, t- to me, there's no technician that does everything by himself. And it's a very, very, um, uh, you know, it's a, aviation as a whole is a worldwide industry, but a very small community. Um, and then you take maintenance and it gets even smaller when you're starting to talk about the community. And, you know, it's, it's having that kind of that solidarity that, you know, that, that kinship of what you're doing. And, you know, you told me about an example of, I believe it was your Miami, American airlines, Miami base. Um, they raising money. I'm trying to remember what, what was the,
0: Yes, they, uh, the mechanics there raised money to buy a bust to Charles Taylor because with the AMTA, after we started with the state resolutions through Richard Dillbeck, he put me in touch with Virginia Hess, the extremely talented artist that creates all the bronze busts of Charles Taylor that we donate. She was commissioned uh, by Emory Riddle, Aeronautical University in Daytona. The college there wanted a bust of Charlie. So they commissioned Virginia. She did it. And then they gave her the rights. They didn't keep the rights to it because they felt, you know, what are we going to do with it? Right. So through Richard Dillbeck, I got in touch with Virginia, saw the it's amazing. It's just a bust. He doesn't have any arms. If he had arms, <laughs> it, would, it would look like he was reaching out to shake your hand. And that's the detail that Virginia puts in. So there's six thousand dollars each. Mm -hmm. So I almost fell out of my chair when I heard how much (laughs) I made T-shirts. I asked for donations and we got a bus made. So we started donating those to different museums. Well, uh, and organizations. Well, the mechanics for American in Miami know about me internally through American Airlines and then externally through the AMTA and the maintenance competition. And they called up and they go, hey, where do you buy those buses? Virginia Hess right here. What what the guys and girls in Miami have is they'll sell like shirts, uh, soup, soda, kind of like just their own kind of snack shop, I guess you would call yeah. it. And they would use the money every year to have their own little Christmas party.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's introduce COVID. There were ah. no more Christmas parties. So they got together and they said, you know, what are we going to do with this money? And they said, hey, why don't we get a bus to Charles Taylor? So they used their money to purchase a bus to Charlie. They got an engine hub, and one of, the, one of the guys here in Miami did a wonderful job, and they just made a tremendous display stand that the bus to Charlie sits on. And then around this uh, pedestal, they have the names of Miami American Airlines mechanics that have received the Charles Taylor Master Mechanic Award from the FAA. So it's a great. That's neat. It, it is. I mean, it's unsolicited. You know, it, here I am talk yelling at the top of a mountaintop. And I'm actually getting some people to listen to <laughs> me. Go, hey, you know what? That guy might have a good idea. And and I think that's one of the favorite Charles Taylor bust donations that I, that I know of is because you got people within the industry that understand what. I and others are trying to do it's not for me it's not for them it's for all of us and that's the reward that's how i get paid
1: no absolutely <laughs> i love i love that story because it's you know one it's you know it's they they had this money and you know of course COVID and whatever COVID is but you know whatever happens with it but the fact that you know that they're like let's do this but not only with that but you know they found a unique way to honor their local award recipients um in it and so you know i I was in miami the other day not there long enough to go i was like i need to figure out a way next time i'm in miami because i want to go check out this check this out and you know meet some of the people that that have put that together because i think it really is unique you know up here in the dfw area um pretty pretty fortunate um you know we have we've had quite a few uh charles taylor recipients i've been able to go and meet them meet I already knew them or I met them, but I was able to go to their presentations and you know, it is, it is a big deal. You know, there's, it's, um, it's, it's truly a 50 years of dedicated work towards a profession. And, you know, and there's a lot of pride in that and there's, sh- and there should be as there absolutely should be. So it's always, it's always kind of an honor to, to recognize people. Um, the last uh, maintenance conference we had, uh 2019 was in Fort Worth we are having one in 2022 by God I don't care if it's just me and some friends we're hitting, we're going to San Antonio we're doing something it's been too long but the for the NBAA maintenance conference but you know we were able to honor um Bob Gould for um when he received his uh, Charles Taylor award and then we had two other recipients that were there as well to help us kind of celebrate that and it, it and it's fun uh Kurt Landrum um sure, have you do you know Kurt I do okay you know, you know, Kurt. So Kurt Landrum and Pat Delahousse were there as well um, as recipients. And um, oh, I didn't even think to ask you. Uh, do you know John John Judge?
0: Yes, was, from American uh, Airlines. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was there when John received his award many years ago, and you know, um, just a wonderful, wonderful man. That, but um, you know, it's just nice to see over the years these people get to get some recognition. And you know, the fact that you know now you have the AMTA um, that kind of helps to coordinate this kind of keeps the keeps it going and I, I think one of the things that I like about the Charles Taylor Award is it doesn't matter which area of aviation you're in you know you've done uh, an exceptional job and you know it's not just the airlines though it's business aviation it's it's um, light GA it's whatever it's whatever if you've been a practicing mechanic in good standing and you've made this your career and your path. You know, that's this is something that that recognizes that. And I think that's one of the really neat things over the years, you know, that you've noticed. And I do like the fact that they do recognize because not everybody was as proactive as you can and got it, got their A&P while they were in the military, but you were working on B-52. So I'm going to give you some credit for that one. Mm. And, you know, that goes kind of towards where you're going. Oh, so if I do my math right, we're looking at what, 40 years, Ken? So in about Uh, 10 years, uh, you'll be eligible.
0: 39. Okay. Uh, So June, well, with American would be June. Uh, So four years in the Air Force. So 81. I joined in 81. So 50 years from 81. And don't say that date. (laughs) It's coming too fast. (laughs) I know. My gosh, it's all coming too fast. If I get it, I get it. But, you know, I just (laughs) don't.
1: You'll enjoy the time before you get there. Yes, yes, yes. No, completely understand. So, um, you know, we could talk about Charles Taylor for a while, but one of the other things I wanted to um, kind of talk to you a little bit about is your, the maintenance competitions that you, oh, yeah. because honestly, you know, the Charles Taylor stuff was what we were doing, but I was also helping with the maintenance competitions when I met you back a couple of years, years ago, ago. Was, 10 years ago. Well, roughly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you were working with the maintenance competitions. So tell us a little bit about the maintenance competitions, kind of their history and where they stand right now.
0: Okay. Um, right now with the, it's, we hold the Aerospace Maintenance Competition. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that with John Golia, who yes. the Honorable John Golia, who is also a Charles Taylor Master yes. Mechanic recipient. And he, I think he's got, a, he's got every award you can think of <laughs> in the industry. John's a great guy. I can't think of a better guy that I would like to do what I'm doing with. That's great. And But prior to working with John, I was with the AMT Society. And I was doing the same thing for the society back then, is putting together a maintenance competition for students and professionals to come and just compete against each other. Uh, I did that with the society for maybe um, you're <laughs> you're thanking me on my math and all and dates and all. So <laughs> put me on the spot.
1: They could throw a new one there.
0: Exactly. So i have been doing this about 13 years, maybe, maybe even more, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it with the society and then I resigned as a board member from the society. And shortly after I resigned, John Golia called me and said, Ken, would you put a competition together for me? Well, who am I to tell John Golia? No, because I had donated a bus to Charles Taylor to the Stephen F. Udvar-Hazy Center um, in Virginia, which is the Smithsonian's museum next to Dulles airport. Okay. You know, the gay is yeah. there. Uh, they had the, inter- the the space shuttle Enterprise, which actually was my backdrop. Well, I needed guest speakers, and I didn't know John Richard Dilbeck, the gentleman from the FA who started this, who got me going. I blame him. Gave me John's number. I called John said, "Would you like to be a guest speaker at the Halsey Center? I can't pay you. I'm a nonprofit, but if you're not doing anything on the evening or whatever," and John would graciously ah. accept it. So a little bit after that he calls me up says would you put a get put together a competition i'm not going to tell the guy no
1: you're like okay yeah uh, all
0: right all right so i started doing the same thing but it's called the aerospace maintenance competition Mm -hmm. and it's grown every year under john's leadership because john's rolodex he knows everybody everywhere and With him getting the word out and promoting it, um, 2019 was the most recent year because 20 and 21, we didn't hold it because of the COVID. In 2019, we had, I think, 85 teams registered. That's five people per team. Some teams even bring an alternate. The alternates don't compete, but they can come in the event that somebody gets sick and they have to leave. And we had 28 different events sponsored by industry. And they range from, we had a written test on Charles Taylor. Ah, Oh, there you go. Got to remember, safety wiring, composite repair, uh, component removal and installation. And all the events are given 15 minutes to be completed in. Mm -hmm. And either one, two, or three competitors will do that specific event. It's over the course of two days during the mro america's trade show and they move around from city to city 22 will be in dallas which i, I know be got, there. and i'm not going to ask you to babysit so
1: you're not going to ask me to babysit no, well, I, friend, I got did. a kid who can babysit now i oh. didn't have that then uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we go we follow where the mro is and we have six different categories for teams to register in we have commercial aviation general aviation military Schools, MRO slash OEM, and then space. Going back to my comment about mm-hmm. our my profession is staying lockstep with every technological advancement because we have to because we have to fix what these engineers design for us. <laughs> and uh, it's a great venue for teams from around the world to come, and the public and industry can see what I call the faces behind safety do when the rest of the world is not paying attention. You don't know when you're getting ready to leave Dallas to go someplace, the men and women that are maintaining your airplane while you're sleeping, they're making sure you're getting to go where you are, hopefully on time, but safely. And this venue is great. We've had teams from New Zealand, Australia, China, And it's great because it proves the airplane doesn't care where you're from, your language, your sex, your nationality, fat, skinny, tall, short, bald, dreadlocks. It cares about the knowledge, skill, and integrity of the hand making the repair. And this competition that I put together with John and Crystal McGuire and others we have an army of volunteers that just come because they want to be part of this. They see what we're doing, and it's the we're a nonprofit. It's another nonprofit, and it's just wonderful. You can literally feel the camaraderie that's there, and what's even better as we grow. Uh, Twenty-two, like I said, we're going to be in Dallas right now. We have five all five all female teams. That's awesome. That it is because it helps show mm-hmm. what we're saying. And it also helps to maybe open up a window for a young girl somewhere going, hey, you know what, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I work with my dad on his car or just me- mechanically inclined. There's no reason why a young lady cannot do what we do. And the competition is a great window into this profession.
1: It really is, and you know the um, trying. Twenty nineteen was it in Miami or was it in Dallas?
0: Twenty nineteen, we were. Uh, I think maybe Atlanta.
1: Atlanta. Okay. Well, I was wrong on two counts. Um, I know I went to the last one that was in Dallas, and you know just what going and walking through the competition, seeing um, the. Uh, you know I think you're right, and it's and it's funny to see you don't, you don't get an opportunity where you see so many different um, areas of aviation maintenance represented in one, in one group. I mean, you know, you had like the FedEx team and the Southwest team, and then you had, then you had the students, Um, you know, you had the students with their teams. And then, you know, it was just, it was just interesting seeing everybody walking around competing, just, you know, once again, a lot about the camaraderie about showing just kind of you know, a little bit of competition. I heard say you heard a little maybe heard a little bit of little, little smack talk in there. I'm not really sure. But well, you know,
0: mechanics, we gotta talk you smack. We
1: gotta talk something. You know, there had to have been a little bit in there. But you know, it was it was fun it was fun. It was a fun representation, um, you know, of what of what is happening. And you know, I think Ken, one of the things you said a second ago is that, you know, I, I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else, you know, well, the aircraft's been down due to a maintenance issue. First thing you do is kind of roll your eyes. You're like, "Jeez," but you know, it is about safety. And when you look at air travel and you look at the safety and the, and the actual stats that go behind it, and you look at the people who are, who take their responsibility very, very seriously. And I think that's one of the things it's like, you know, there's a, there's the, um, the kind of the integrity behind the profession that, you know, it's, it's similar, you know, when a pilot operates the aircraft, it's the same way. And, you know, when the maintainers have a certain type of, um, you know, integrity and, um, you know, they they understand what they're doing and, you know, that you can't just pull over. You can't just, you know, right, you, right. you know there, there's, a, there's a lot of factors in there. And if it's not going right, that, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take care of that. And, but when you see the other side of it of what it builds as far as like the community and the camaraderie it's a lot of fun and the i think the um the competition does a great job of that Thank and like you. a little bit a little bit of ribbing in there you know you've got some different things in there i think that's you
0: got. It, it's, it's great and i got a perfect example of the camaraderie combined with the ribbing uh, several years ago uh, there was a team walking away from we had a golf the G4 wheel and brake assembly. Mm -hmm. And it was at the end of the 15 minutes, excuse me. It was the end of the 15 minutes. So the team that just competed was walking away. Well, the next team is walking over to get ready. The team that was done turned around and said, good luck. They That team said, thank you. First team goes, yeah, break a leg. Team goes, thanks again. And the first guy goes, no, really, break a leg. (laughs) And we all laughed they all laughed because they knew the vein that it was uh, oh, yeah. in and intended and it not only does it help promote the men and women that work the commercial but the other six categories mm-hmm. especially the military because right. the only time we really hear or think about the military is when we see stock footage on the news for something yeah they're just like the commercial people in a sense they're around the world they're in every weather that mother nature can throw at them and you can't complain and go oh it's so hot or it's so cold no you have a job you go out and you do it but we do it as a team and the competition allows us to promote the men and women in uniform so it Mm -hmm. really is just a win-win-win all the way around
1: i like the fact that even in the competition you bring in a test on charles taylor that's pretty good. Do so
0: they yeah,
1: have to fair... spell mech- mechanic mechanic? I can't <laughs> even say it. I know. You know? I, I'm not. I'm trying to. The mechanic meca mechanication. I can't mechanic. I mean, I'm like okay, but then I see the. It's um, like
0: mechanic and machinist.
1: Uh, yeah, and it mechanic, mechanic- <laughs> It's
0: like a drunk game of Scrabble. Like, well, hey, wait a minute. All right, no. See, there's mechanic <laughs> and there's machinist at the end. No, that's double point. That's double that's point. A, I
1: think. That's more of a triple point. I'm going to go with the triple. Okay, point we'll go. Triple you know, that one, point. If you can say it, you get quadruple, you know, let's just go straight for it. If you could actually say it, but you know, oh, I think
0: it's it. a good addition. We also have a test on, uh, human factors. Oh yeah. Every, I mean, human factors in every day from the minute you wake up out of your bed. I mean, it affects everybody, but especially in our profession where it's, ah, uh, you know, I take that panel off every time I get this inspection. There's nothing ever wrong behind it. That one time. That you don't. Right. Human factor. So we have a test on that. Uh, So we try to round off all the events. And what's really great is how industry buys into what we're trying to promote.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, United Airlines brings a 747 wingtip out. American Airlines brings two events. They bring an MD80 center pedestal, and they okay. bring an APU. FedEx brings two turbine engines. Uh, Alaska Airlines made an external power receptacle, and you think ex- to, to the public external power. It's like, yeah, it's how your airplane, how you get your lights when you're at the gate. So it's we try to find events that balance out our skill set. There's electrical, avionics, there's hands-on, we're using our head. Mm -hmm. Um, One year we even had a company that had 3D goggles so you could work remotely. It's new technology. So that's another venue for the competition to be for industry is introduce new technology
1: it's just you know it's such a it's such a wide variety and you know kind of like you're saying i mean i think that's great you know you're talking about the six different categories and i and i do um and that they're encouraged to attend and you go through their um mro americas is a great show if you have if nobody's ever attended that it's it's really good a good show it's an interesting show definitely one you know you can walk around and see see a lot i mean it's Made primarily on like the heavy wide body aircraft and stuff like that but i mean it's a it's a good show with a lot of uh, a lot of different vendors and then so you bring in the audience as well as because the audience is going to go by and look i mean you, you can't help it just with what they're working on it's a it's a big place they do a great job of giving a lot of attention to it drawing in a crowd you know so it's it's um it's part of the experience now of mro america's you've been doing it so long you know, it's, it's just kind of expected to be there. And so, you know, it's definitely, you know, kind of that whole picture. So you got a lot going on. You know, you, you don't you, you don't talk, all, you, you do talk some about it, but at the same time, I don't think, you know, people realize the scope of everything you have going on, Kim. But what else is going on right now?
0: Oh, um, let me see. What else do I have going on? Uh, well, I'm also on another nonprofit called the North. Northrop Rice Foundation, mm-hmm. and what the NRF does is we um, hand out grants to AMP students to cover the cost of their written exams. Ah. Uh, because, uh, and I wasn't even really aware of this in the beginning, but a lot of the curriculum, the tuition doesn't cover the written. No. So the students are work, are, depending on where you're going, you're paying a lot of money to get your airframe and power plant, and then they're just teaching you what you need to know to take the written. Then the government steps in and says, okay, we, we want a pound of your flesh and now you have to pay for your written exam. And if you don't take the exam, you can't become certificated. Right. So that cost, although not unsurmountable, it is a very big challenge for some students. So the NRF has grants that we provide to students to pay for either their written on their airframe or a power plant. So I got that going. That's and that's great. Though. That's great. I tell you what, the NRF, that's a great group of people. Um, and then I'm also on the board uh, for PAMA with the, John, with the Honorable John Golia. With
1: the Honorable John Golia. Yeah. There you so go.
0: Everything I do is nonprofit. I mm-hmm. don't make uh, – I don't have a stipend. Uh, that's why I work in San Diego, you know, with the terrible weather and all. T- but, so I can pay my bills. Yes, Uh, But but with my free time, uh, I like to uh, I feel I honestly feel that if you're in this profession, it's everybody's responsibility to give back. Not everybody is going to create a nonprofit, get a book for dummies and create your nonprofit. Not everyone's going to be on a board, but you can get involved in your union and make your workplace safer. You can if you're not in a union place and. You can clean up after yourself. You see somebody not somebody leaving a mess. You go up in a professional way, saying, "Hey, I'll, you want me to empty your bucket of oil? <laughs> oh, I was going to get that later. I'm sure you were. We it's our responsibility that we're stewards of our profession, That's and a good way to put it. at a certain level, everybody needs to give back. Either just make sure the rag clean rags are in the clean rag bin and dirty rags in the dirty rag bin." Or you can go out and start your own nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. It's to make our profession better, more professional, and help open up the door and assist the generations coming in behind us. Because when I'm retired, which is going to be a little bit from now, <laughs> Got a couple of years I now. want the type of people that are at this competition competing working on my airplane. I want the people at the competition maintaining our military aircraft and helicopters. I want these people at the competition maintaining the SpaceX and, you know, if we're going to go around the, the moon or the world to go to Mars, that's the level of professionalism that I want and we can get there together as a team.
1: Absolutely. And so I know you have a GoFundMe
0: Yes, I do. Thank you. Yes, the GoFundMe uh, is for the AMTA. And that's how we raise money for purchasing the bus of Charles Taylor. No donation is too small. No donation is too big. The bus at this point are still $6,000. They're all made by the very talented artist Virginia Hess. And w- the way it works is the AMTA, we look for a facility or a museum uh, that would accept the bust f- from us. Once we have the show, sure, we'd like to have one. Then we put the word out and we have GoFundMes. and um, I believe there's a link in the description below. Yep, and we'll have anybody, a link for you. If anybody would like to make a donation, the money will be put towards a bust of Charles Taylor that will be donated to the United States Army National Museum because Army has helicopters and airplanes. They, they, and they have one or two. They have a couple. We have one that we put in the United States Air Force National Museum. Uh-huh. That's and cool. so there's no reason why we can't do that for the other branches. Mm-hmm. And while we do that, if there's somebody out there that, hey, you know what? I. We've got a coffee fund, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, JetBlue mechanics that are watching this or um, somebody in another sector, a corporate, general aviation. Uh, call me. Let me give me a holler. I'd be more than happy to put you in touch with Virginia and you guys can buy a bus to Charlie. And uh, the way I look at it, the more bus to Charles Taylor that are out there, people will go, hey, man. Who is that guy? You stop, you go, Oh, Charles Taylor. Charles Taylor. All right, you reached one person. That person's going to go home. They're going to go at work. They're going to say, Hey, you know, I, you know who Charles Taylor is? Mm -hmm. No, pilots flying around don't know because that information isn't readily available. They don't think about it. So that's what we're trying to do with the bus.
1: So, how many buses have you provided so far with ANTA?
0: Oh, um, i'm going to say we've got at least nine uh, the first one i did at the san diego air and space museum and that was my first right out of the gate you know a, it's a beautiful museum and they had a replica of the right flyer so i called mm-hmm. them told them who i am what i'd like to do and they're like sure okay and it was of a certain value so I rented the Air and Space Museum and I had a dedication. I had Tuskegee Airmen uh, uh, as a guest speaker and I had Richard Dilbeck, the guy who pushed me yep. into this pond as guest speakers and it was really great. So I, I'm like, why wow, you know, that went pretty well. It took me a while to raise the money for the bus and then to raise the money to rent the museum uh, because donations to the AMTA go to cover that expense as well. Right. I figured, hey, this is... Cake, you know, I can I could take this show on the road, you know, use vacation, go someplace, go to Dallas. Let's donate a bus there. So the next museum was the Haas Center,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a world-leading museum. Right, which the San Diego Air and Space Museum doesn't compare, but I don't mean that in a negative way. It just, right, you know, we're talking our nation's, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah the bus
0: yeah. cost the same but to rent the Hazy center was a lot more right and I didn't think I could rent raise that money and the voices in the back of my head they started duking it out again going, hey, <laughs> you're not gonna know unless you try so yeah. I actually asked for pledges I called people said hey this is what I'm trying to do it's the second bus. Would you like to make a pledge? If I can reach the goal that I need, I'll call you back and you can mail me a check. And within the first five calls, I raised $3,000 and I figured, well, you know what? Maybe this is doable. Right. And it was Um, actually American Airlines was the biggest donor for that particular dedication. And the bust is pretty much the only reference for my profession at the Hazi Center other than a mannequin because by nature we don't seek the limelight i mean no, you can exactly you, you mention names of charles taylor recipients for the award that you know right okay but the public doesn't know those people you know them no. because you work with them
1: mm-hmm.
0: so when you see a mannequin i don't take that as really a negative you know they're not really dumping on our profession. It's just that there are no Chuck Yeagers in aircraft maintenance. Right. I've worked with Chuck Yeagers in maintenance. I've worked with guys that um. are phenomenal. And I just, you know, learn from them all the time. Mm-hmm. But the public doesn't know that. And the museums don't. So how do we change that? We start with the bus to Charles Taylor. And another goal of mine that I have on the back burner is I really would like To create a kiosk like an ATM machine and have it at a very, you know, a museum or another venue that is aviation related. And people can go up and go, Hey, you know what? My grandfather was an aircraft mechanic. I wonder if he got this award. So you go in, you can type a person's name, and a picture would come up. And I'm building a database photos and short bios. Well, we
1: need to talk about that, Ken, because we, we're kind of doing the same thing and we, we can help you out with some of that. Okay, I mean, maybe that's... not a kiosk, but we can we can do some stuff with that.
0: It, and, you know, and, and companies can get involved in that. Uh, I'll use American as an example in, in Tulsa and in American's Hangar and DWH at DFW, they have a wall with all the names of the recipients that have received that award you got to remember the past mm-hmm. so you can look forward to the future. So that's uh probably the 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 biggest bust that we donated uh that it was the most rewarding. They're all rewarding. Oh, absolutely. To have it at the Hawsey Center uh you know, mm-hmm. our nation's capital other than it's not on the mall, but it's part of the Smithsonian. Uh, I really take a lot of pride in that and everybody that help make a donation. Um, and then United Airlines has one in O'Hare Airport in the terminal. That's cool. John Golia's name is on there because John's would- a champion. And what they did is they have the bus so where the public can stop, mm-hmm. read about Charlie, and they can see all the names of United Airline mechanics. Uh, that's uh, yes.
1: And we need and you know, you're right. We need to do a better job of that public facing. And it's something that, like, like you said, it's not in the nature. Most of the people who kind of gravitate to that, to this profession are not necessarily, it's not in their nature to kind of shout it out and go for it. But at the same time, I think, you know, we have so many avenues we didn't have in the past that we can start recognizing and, and promoting and doing different things. And, you know, this is a, this is a significant piece of it. So definitely can we'll be we'll certainly be in touch when we were doing some of our charles taylor stuff for this past year i i explained that yes there is a day but we're making the whole month of may maintenance maintenance month because there's too many people that we need to need to recognize so just kind of in closing is there any parting words of wisdom you've you've shared a lot here today but we definitely want to support where you're going forward and um you know just kind of to sum up to sum up What would you, maybe that's a better way to say it. What would you give for the next people who are looking for something that they need to do? Like if they want to give back, what would you say is is your piece of advice?
0: Um, You can be a mentor. You don't have to officially be a mentor, but you got to remember someone's watching you all the time. They may be in the room. They may not, but they're going to talk to someone that was in the room that you were in. Always act professional. If somebody needs help, help them, even if you don't know, because then you can learn together. Nobody knows everything. We work as a team. We can learn together. Manuals is one thing. Tribal knowledge is another. And like other professions, tribal knowledge is handed down. And it doesn't take a lot of energy to make your workplace better. And... I guess that's my, my words of wisdom from not quite an old man, but uh, in this profession uh, you got to have thick skin because uh, we like to joke with each other, but that's, how <laughs> we learn that. that's, that's the camaraderie. That's the mortar between the stones and the bricks that our foundation for our profession is based upon because you gotta be humble. Mm. You gotta be able to go out and work on an aircraft, a helicopter, a, a spaceship, gets stumped and go, hmm, you know, I've gone to the manual. I've been trying everything. Let me go ask Lee. Lee, you got a minute? Sure. Can you come help me with this autopilot or whatever the problem you're working on? Because you can't try to BS your way through. You can't lie your way through it. Uh, that's not in our nature. As an, as an A&P mechanic, perfection is our minimum standard and you can't strive towards perfection if you're not willing to help others reach that stage. So
1: well, Ken, I think that's a great way to just kind of wrap up what what we've done. we we done and we'll definitely make sure that we have your links and your contact information
0: and Thank you. as we
1: wrap up the wrap it up and we'll have Definitely we'll chat some more about what we can do to kind of um, support where you're going and make sure, you know, like I said, I'm, I've been very blessed. I know quite a few of the recipients and I'm um, wonderful people. And I just can't wait to, you know, I already have a list of the ones I'll be able to congratulate here over the next few years. And it's, it's exciting and it is an honor and so thank you for everything that you've been doing to kind of keep that promotion up and we'll definitely see you in march at the at the um competition
0: april april
1: april april oh it's april this year good okay that's good because i was trying to think i'll be at heli expo in march so right you know go there but definitely see you in april at the competition and once again thank you very much for participating
0: well thank you and everybody at atp for uh making me number three
1: that's right number
0: three there always always have leave something to achieve for it (laughs)
1: there you go absolutely
0: but no really thank you i'm honored uh atp is a wonderful organization
1: and company and uh thank you for having me on appreciate it ken